Welcome to my podcast. I'm Scott Nutter, and this is what I wrote about how video games prepared me for life. When I was a teenager, the fact that adults were the largest demographic of gamers was cited as an alarming trend. Video games were, and maybe still are, considered child's play. I don't play video games much anymore, but I do recognize the value that can be found in them. As I share a few stories from my younger days, I'll highlight the lessons that can be drawn from them. Video games might be child's play, but they also hold the capacity to prepare one for the realities of life, if one is paying attention. Losing leads to learning. The first game I remember playing was Mario Brothers. I was coached by a friend as I pushed red buttons on a gray and black rectangular controller. Those guys will kill you! Jump! Hurry! My friend told me. The little mushroom-shaped object with eyes didn't look threatening, but for some reason if he bumped into Mario, Mario would jump through the ground and off the screen, and that would be the end of that round. I had to jump onto the mushroom guy's head and mash him away. Why the little mushroom guy didn't jump off the screen when I bumped him to him wasn't explained to me. It's just the way it was. Okay, now don't fall down into the pit. You have to jump over it, my friend explained. You have to hold down B to run and then press A to jump, he continued. No amount of explanation was going to prepare me for the perfect execution of that move. Trial and error was going to have to run its course, pun intended. I jumped too early and down I went, into the abyss of digital death. Don't worry, my friend assured you've got two more lives. I started over, cautiously passed the mushroom freak, hit a few boxes to collect points and tried for that jump again. Yes, I exclaimed, but quickly stopped to assess the dangers that lurked thereafter. I'm not sure how many times it took me to go through that level, but when I finally did, it was a glorious victory. Mario scaled the flagpole and ran through the exit. When I supervised 4th through 6th grades, my students would tell me that they weren't good at a particular subject. I responded by saying that I wasn't good at walking when I first started either. I fell more than a few times. I told them it was a good thing I didn't give up because walking comes in quite handy these days. The point was never lost on them. I remember the smiles I got as they didn't have much of a rebuttal to that. The truth is is that we're not good at everything, but in fifth grade we can get better at most things, and we shouldn't limit ourselves by saying we just aren't good at a particular subject. Eventually we have to pick what to pursue because we can't be great at everything. There just isn't enough time. That said, no one is good at something until they've worked at it a while. That while might be a different span for different people, but we've got to give it some time and effort when we find a skill worth acquiring. Recently, I heard someone say, Many people are willing to put forth the effort, but most people aren't willing to put in the time. I suppose I could end with a more familiar quote, If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. In other words, losing leads to learning. The pleasure is in the process. Caesar 3 may be the game that I spent the most time on growing up. Hours and hours were spent building city after city after city. 
My job as the city manager working under Caesar's empire was to meet certain requirements for any given city. You could also play in free mode, which I mostly did after several lower levels of working with Caesar and his demands. The, the houses would upgrade themselves if you provided enough resources around them. Those houses would then pay more taxes, which would fund your building projects. You could also build trade routes with other cities and exchange your city's goods uh, for other city's goods that you couldn't create. Pleasing the gods was also part of the game, and you could accomplish that by building temples to them, but I always disabled that feature because I didn't believe in other gods. Besides, Caesar thought he was a god, and I got rid of him by playing free mode, and therefore that made me god. You would think the whole point of the game was to build the city and have the city that was complete. But the truth was that the finished work wasn't the point at all. Once your city was built and functioning, the only thing left to do was watch the numbers change. Starting over and building a city from the ground up was more fun and satisfying than sitting there and watching a self-sufficient city run. We tend to get so focused on the end goal in life that we miss the whole point of the process. It's the journey that makes the game enjoyable, not the destination. There is no destination in life either. Enjoy the journey and take pleasure in the process. Pay attention or pay the price. GTO was a racing simulation game. This wasn't just any racing game. The physics of this game were as realistic as one could expect at the time. Races weren't played in laps, but in time. The more time you race, the more money you could earn. With that money came upgrades and new cars. You could pick 20 minutes to an hour. There was no way I was going to commit to an hour of racing around a track, so I usually picked 20 minutes. The thing was that if you crashed, your car didn't just magically reappear on the road fixed for you to continue. It didn't even reappear in the next race, like brand new. It would appear in the same way you left it from the last race, unless you paid to have it fixed in the shop. As the time ticked down, my intensity would build. One bad turn could ruin the whole thing, and a few times it did. The wipeout was devastating. I had to learn to balance optimal speed with the successful completion of each turn. The lesson of taking safe turns was imprinted on my brain so hard that when I started driving a real car, I was extra careful on turns. Often in life, we don't, we don't quite understand what the stakes are until it's too late. Sometimes, there are no do-overs. Once we recognize how high the stakes are, we can adjust our attention and effort accordingly. Focus, effort, and time are some of the tools to get us the outcome that we are looking for. All the knowledge, wisdom, and wit one could hope to have can be voided out completely if one isn't focusing their attention on the right thing. Autopilot and inattentiveness are the ingredients that have made victims out of many people. Be intentional. Don't just let life happen to you. Pay attention or you'll pay the price. The Struggle is the story. Warcraft 2 was one of my favorite games. I only ever played Warcraft 2. 
I never played the first one or any version after that. Warcraft 3 had no demo version that I could try out first, and I only played games that I could try out first. Beside that, Warcraft 3 was all online, and I didn't quite understand that concept. Turns out that the game I refused to buy because I didn't trust it without a test run became the most popular game in history. The story of Warcraft, the first version, was the invasion of the ugly orcs into the human land. The humans barely fought them off. This time, in Warcraft 2, the humans are on the offense. That was the story of Warcraft 2, an offensive strike against the orcs. The game wouldn't really make sense if you didn't understand that there was a conflict between these two civilizations. Having a second addition to the game wouldn't be necessary without the backstory that gave reason to it. Without the backstory, there was no game. Without the conflict, there was no story. The struggle was the story, and the story was the game. Many game stories were so compelling that Hollywood made movies out of them. Warcraft was one of them. The stories that outlive their own times, the stories that become timeless, are the ones that have great struggles built into them. The best ones even have ironic outcomes. The story of a couple who couldn't have children giving birth to a nation is the Jewish story. A small struggling civilization wanting to govern itself and overthrowing uh, the biggest empire in the history of the world is the story of the United States, who ironically became an even greater empire than the one it threw off. What is the story of your life? People often use that phrase, the story of my life, when they experience a reoccurring struggle that sets them back repetitively. A friend of mine once told me the obstacle is the way. In other words, what is holding you back is the key to moving you forward. What's holding you back? Finances? Health? Relationships? The very thing that is holding you back is likely the key to moving you forward. Find a way to overcome it. Make it your main focus. He that overcometh the same shall be saved. Your struggle is your story. Make it a great one by turning it into a victory. Collaboration is key. My brother Sam and I and our mutual friend John would network play against each other. On Saturdays, we would have our Mountain Dew available and become absorbed into the digital world. You can guess that when there are as an odd number, alliances will inevitably form. Poor John was stuck in the middle. We tried to keep from forming unfair alliances, but it was either that or no combat. The alternative was that we would all just build up our forces and never attack. Eventually, someone had to attack or the game was meaningless. But whoever attacked first was vulnerable to the other guy. John and I made a secret agreement that we would team up against Sam. After eliminating him, we would turn on each other. Sam didn't take that too well. Once the militant forces from both of us came knocking, he abruptly shut off the computer and stormed out in a fury. John's and my plan was tactically solid, but it was socially frail. We needed a better solution to our problem of odd numbers. We needed a common enemy. We added some artificial players to the game. Artificial intelligence would be our enemy. All three of us could coordinate our advancements out loud and request help if attacked. Collaboration against a common enemy brought us back into harmony and prevented anyone's feelings from being hurt. There is no such thing as a self-made person. 
Anyone who does anything in life has to work with other people. Elon Musk expressed this principle by saying that there was no way he could ever build a rocket without the help of his SpaceX team. He might be a genius and be responsible for the design, funding, and organization, but without the lesser talented people who actually put those rockets together, it would all just be a nice idea in theory. Winning at the expense of others is a short game that doesn't play in the long term. Helping other people win will get you further and add fulfillment. Collaboration is key. Focus or fail. Before Sam, John, and I found our common enemy in AI, Sam and John took a turn against me. It was a much fairer fight than when John and I ganged up on Sam. There was only one way to win against those odds. The weakness that we all had was that we found pleasure in the process. It was fun finding gold mines and other resources and building at a moderate pace. What wasn't fun was rushing through all that process. Sam and John expected that we would all take our time and work up to the fight. The only way I was going to win was to work fast and strike first. As they invested in gathering resources, I began building an army as soon as possible. Before they even had any security at all, I was attacking. You can't attack me, Sam exclaimed in a panic. We just started. I don't even have an army yet. I wasn't going to win against two opponents by playing nice. The forces continued to come and Sam was wiped out without a trace of resistance. Once again, Sam abruptly shut off the computer and stormed out. All is fair in love and war, and this was all war and no love. There may be a time and place to stop and smell the roses, but for some things you'll need to stay focused to flourish. Anything worth having is worth working for, and the things worth working for don't just typically arrive in the living room one day from Santa Claus. The little guy can't get ahead because he's working the minimum, or spending all his hard work on payments and interests that extend past the foreseeable future. He's not getting ahead because he's not in his head. He's sedating his consciousness with hours of TV every night and all 48 hours of the weekend when he's not sleeping off a hangover. Stop to smell the roses after the finish line. Then compare the smell of roses to the smell of victory. The aroma of triumph is a scent that no rose can emit. Friction is a feature, not a flaw. Within the game Driver, you had to pick up bad guys and transport them to different locations. I didn't play much of the actual game because I only had the demo version, and Free Mode let me drive around aimlessly as long as I wanted to. I could pick one of the available cars and cities and just drive around town without the obligation that came with the narrative part of the game. There were still some limitations that kept me from getting that top speed that I wanted to achieve. Another problem came when a cop caught you speeding or running into cars. They would just keep chasing you until you were trapped. You could lose them for a while, but you were always on their radar and would eventually have to run or get caught. Then something amazing happened. Cheat codes. Cheat codes changed the virtual world. You could be immune to cops or change the laws of physics. You could make your car invincible and damage-free no matter what. With infinite mass mode, other cars would just bounce off like balloons. You could even drive through buildings. 
If you added all the cheat codes, you could get that top speed that was so elusive before. Cars, cops, and buildings were no longer an obstacle. Then something profound happened that taught me a lesson I'll never forget. About five minutes after I cheat-coded my way into god car mode, there wasn't much left in the game that interested me. The limitations of the buildings, the limitations of traffic, the limitations of physics were all features, not flaws. It was the friction that made the game interesting. Once that was taken away, hours of interest-holding fun evaporated into mere minutes of amusement. There was no going back. I never played the game again after that. Most of us would love to just take all the friction out of life. It is our universal dream to free ourselves of hard work, pain, problems, and heartache. Yet what video games taught me, and indeed reality teaches people who have actually made it to these pinnacles of life, is that it isn't always a panacea on the other side of that friction-free paradise. There needs to be something to strive for. There needs to be a challenge. There needs to be meaning, and meaning manifests itself on the other side of a struggle. It isn't a coincidence that many very ambitious billionaires continue to work long past their fortunes. Bill Gates is taking on the tough problems of poverty in the world. He's not doing this because this is his way of relaxing. The hard work, the struggle, the overcoming of problems are what bring meaning to his life. Elon Musk was a millionaire very early on in life. He could be vacationing on a beach anywhere in the world, yet he works some 80 hours a week. He does so because he derives more meaning from life by taking on the biggest struggles he can find and working hard. These aren't just outliers either. So many people who make it to financial independence and wealth end up continuing to work and do something productive with their lives. If they don't pursue meaning from challenges, which inevitably includes pain and difficulty, they often end up in a downward spiral that ends in a drug overdose. Pain, struggle, and hardships are features in life, not flaws. Friction is a feature, not a flaw. Embrace the friction and make it meaningful. Conclusion we adults know that the way to learn is to keep trying until we get good at something, but often we avoid trying new things because we are familiar with the energy-intensive process of learning something new. Resist that impulse. Occasionally add something new into your life that forces you to learn something. It's good for your brain. You'll notice that the pleasure in the process seems to contradict focus or fail. These messages are really for different people. Highly ambitious, one-tracked, focused people do need to enjoy the process that brings them to their goal sometimes. Yet aimless normies need to wake up and realize that if they don't have an endgame, they won't arrive anywhere special. There's no substitute for cooperation. Cooperation is key, is the universal understanding that a good team can make amazing things happen. Most of us aren't multi-talented, but even if we were, there are only so many hours in a day and you can't do everything yourself. It's far better to work together toward a common goal with a team. Don't try to do everything yourself. Build good relationships and find common goals that you can work together toward. 
The struggle is in the story and friction is a feature seem to be saying the same thing. They probably are. Too often in life, we think we're entitled to a pain-free, problem-free existence. It's a preposterous expectation. If we eliminated problems from our lives, we would be eliminating most of the experience, even the good parts. Those who subject themselves to a video game know that they are choosing to feel pain and defeat and loss for the small chance and less frequent thrill of victory. You'll notice that paying attention or pay the price and focus or fail seem to be saying the same thing also. They're really highlighting different things. You can enjoy the intense focus and adrenaline that comes from the last few minutes of a high-stake race. Yet in a game where you enjoy the process of building and gathering resources, you really have to bypass that enjoyment and rush through if you really want to win. Sacrifice always precedes an epic victory. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'll be working on more brilliant writings just like this one and maybe even better. So make sure you subscribe, share this with other people, especially your smart friends. If you don't have any, you need to get some. Uh, it's it's really is tough. I, I've got like a few, uh, a few smart friends, but uh, finding more is a difficult process. So I understand the struggle if you don't have too many. Can't say that I have more than six, but that might be my pride and arrogance and stuff like that. So until next time, have yourself a wonderful week. Bye.